This is episode 44 of The Modern Recordist, the podcast where we talk all about designing and living your life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we sit down with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to learn exactly what we have to do and who we have to be to create meaning and live out our artistic visions. I'm your host, John Stinson, a Nashville-based producer and recording engineer, collector of experiences, lifelong learner, lifelong teacher, and an artistic visionary in my own right. And I welcome you to episode 44 of The Modern Recordist and another edition of The Producer's Notes. These are the episodes where I run solo in the studio uh, with either something that is on my mind or something that I just learned about or ways to improve your songwriting craft or your recording craft or otherwise progress in your music career. So since it's been a few episodes since we've gotten super geeky, let's jump back into the recording engineer's seat for a few minutes, shall we? And uh, bring it back once again to the topic of recording drums. This particular episode is a little more geared towards those who are interested in the craft of recording and audio engineering. So if this is a topic that tends to make your eyes glaze over, you might want to find another songwriter-centric episode uh, with a recent guest. Maybe that's more your speed. Here's some suggestions. You could check out episode 37 with songwriter, artist, and producer Aaron Wright. Episode 39 with artist and songwriter Lane Abernathy. Episode 41 with songwriter and producer Cliff Goldmacher. Or episode 43 with traveling musician Tambo Feet. If uh, listening to me hang out with a guest seems like something more interesting to you today, Jump on over to one of those episodes. But otherwise, feel free to hang with me here, and let's talk about recording drums some more. When it comes to recording drums, the whole process can be confusing and overwhelming. And when you're confused and overwhelmed, it typically wipes out your creative flow. So for a fairly long time running now, I've focused on the topic of recording drums to share what I've learned and uh, developed uh, in in this specific area of recording over the last 10 plus years of my career. And um, I uh, help people simplify and master the art of recording drums. Um, where this episode is going to focus completely on recording drum overheads after you finish listening to this episode, if you want to go down the rabbit hole a little further and learn some simple techniques that are meant to record the whole drum kit in a straight ahead and simple way, check out my resource, Recording Drums 101, a home studio guide for pro sounding drums. More on all that in a bit, but first, let's go ahead and get into the episode. One of the biggest things that you have to watch out for when it comes to recording drums is a couple of tricky and related little issues called phase and comb filtering. Uh, these are both things that I've written about on my blog, which I'll tell you about later. But for now, what's really important to know is that phase and comb filtering are issues that deal with poorly positioned microphones 
and uh, they can cause your drums to sound thin or wimpy or otherwise strange. And oftentimes, these issues go unnoticed to beginners as people just don't know enough to have an awareness about phase and comb filtering. Um, and it can be frustrating because you can't figure out why the drums don't sound punchy and full, and uh, you can end up chasing your tail and putting a bunch of EQ and, and compressor plugins on everything trying to fix it. And you'd even be surprised to know how often phase and comb filtering issues even elude more uh, some of the, the pros who have been recording for a long time. And I, I'd, I'd really be lying to you if I told you that these sneaky little issues didn't keep me on my toes sometimes as well. So the most efficient way to deal with phase and comb filtering is to use less microphones. The great thing about this is that with less microphones, it also simplifies the drum recording process and uh, it gives you less to worry about and less to have to manage. Uh, personally, I'm a big fan of recording drums with just one mono overhead microphone. And uh, there's a few reasons for this. The first is, uh, is what I just mentioned, uh, phase and comb filtering. But uh, another big reason is that, in my opinion, a mono overhead just represents the drums in a more natural and realistic way. And uh, it's also just quicker and easier to set up and, and easier to think about. If the drums sound great using just a mono overhead, why not go with the, the uh, most simple and quickest and easiest way to get a high quality sound? Now, all that being said, it is quite popular to record the drums with two overhead mics and many great recordings have been made by many great engineers who have developed and used some stereo techniques to record the drum overheads in a high quality and accurate way that uh, mitigate pretty much all the, the phase and comb filtering issues. So I'll describe one mono overhead technique and two stereo overhead techniques that you can try out next time you're looking to record drums. First, the mono overhead. Usually, I uh, start out by positioning the mic centered over the snare drum around 40 to 60 inches high, and then I have the drummer play around on the whole kit and take notice of how each element of the drums are being picked up by the mic. This will be influenced by the drummer's playing style, so uh, pay attention to that as well. Um, I aim to get a good balance of all the elements of the kit, the snare drum, the toms, the cymbals, and I even pay attention to how much kick drum there is in this mic. Although the kick drum is going to be the least pronounced element here, which is totally fine, as typically there's going to be another mic that will be more focused on the kick drum. Now, sometimes there's not, and you're maybe just recording the drums with one single mic, but uh, for this particular episode and what we're talking about here, I'm going to assume that we've got at least one more mic to close mic the kick drum. So from here, I may dial things in a little bit. I may lower or raise the height of the mic. I may position it to be less centered over the snare and more centered over the toms. I might change the angle of the mic so that the diaphragm is not exactly per perpendicular to the drums. It's, it's really going to come down 
to the uh, context and specifics of each situation. But honestly, that's really it. It's quick. It's simple. Uh, it's not a lot to keep track of. I'd really distill it down to three steps. One, set the mic up directly over the kit about 40 or so inches high. Two, have the drummer play while you listen. Three, if something sounds uh, particularly obnoxious, change the position of the mic or tone down an element of the kit. Or you can even coach the drummer on a couple of things here and there uh, just to rein them in. Um, just... Just dial it into taste. Just check it out and uh, and and see what you feel and see what seems right in the moment and just adjust to taste. It really comes down to this. If you can hear the drums coming through the speakers and nothing sounds crazy out of whack, you're really ready to move on with the recording process. And you should avoid spending more than 10 minutes getting this dialed in. And even then, that may be too much time you want to make sure that you're not getting sidetracked and that you are keeping your focus on the point of it all, which is recording great performances. You know, I, I've found myself plenty of times sidetracked and getting way too tweaky when it comes to setting up microphones to record something, especially drums. And that's just a common thing. You can you can be start to get down, way down the rabbit hole and begin to overthink things and and just get way sidetracked next thing you know it's been an hour and and you know it's best to just have that forward momentum and just give yourself the um always kind of the forward momentum of it all and 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 just you know set it trust yourself go uh that's it really for a mono overhead it's really simple it's really quick it's really straightforward it sounds great um, and you know, if you want a ton more simple tips and microphone techniques for recording drums that are quick to get going with, and they sound great and, uh, require almost no thought, check out my resource, Recording Drums 101, a home studio guide for pro sounding drums on my website at johnstinson.com. Uh, remember there's no H in John. Just scroll down on the main page a little bit and click the giant Recording Drums 101 graphic there. You can't miss it. On this resource, I explain drum recording setups that use just two microphones like the Brennan O'Brien drum miking technique and the ever-popular Recorder Man technique, as well as the Glenn Johns three-microphone technique for recording drums. Uh, I also have a bunch of supporting information to help you make sure your drums will sound as great as possible, specifically things like getting the drums properly tuned up. If your drums don't already sound good in the room and they're not in tune, then you, when you mic them up, it's not going to change anything. You, it's not going to sound great. So got to get the drums and the instrument itself uh, good to go and have a good player, and then when you mic things up using uh, using the, some of the, the techniques that I described in this resource, it's going to sound killer. So check all that out on my website, and while on that page, make sure you sign up to my email list using either of the forms on that page. I'll send you more tips and tricks on recording and mixing and producing and songwriting, things like finding your creative flow, as well as other goodies that you'll be interested in from time to time. All right. 
So now let's talk about recording drums with a stereo overhead setup. Recording drums with stereo overheads can allow for a little more versatility and depth to the drum image, but um, it's a lot less straightforward uh, to set up and think about, at least it can be, and particularly when trying to explain how to do it on a podcast. Stereo drum overheads can complicate things a bit because it, it not only increases the likelihood of phase and comb filtering becoming an issue, but you also need to define what stereo perspective you want to represent in the drums. As mentioned, I like recording with a mono overhead most of the time, and I personally feel it's every bit possible to get a good stereo image and depth to the drums, even with just one mono overhead mic. But uh, either way, let's jump into a couple of stereo overhead setups starting with the XY coincident pair. Uh, I think this is a great technique to stereo mic things in general as it's very easy to comprehend, quick to set up, very phase accurate, and it represents the sound source in the stereo spect spectrum in a pretty natural way. Um, but before you set up any mics, decide if you want to represent the drums in the audience perspective which puts the ride cymbal and floor tom side of the kit in the left and the hi-hat side of the kit in the right. Um, or if you want to re represent things in drummer's perspective, which is the exact mirror image of what I just described. My personal preference is to record and mix in audience perspective, so I'll carry on with the explanation of this setup from that perspective. Align the mics such that the capsules are very close together, could be almost touching, and at about a 45 degree angle in relation to the drums. Position the mics directly above the drums around 40 to 60 inches high. Considering the snare drum is the center line is typically the most straight ahead approach. Once set up, the two bodies of the microphones will kind of form a Y shape with the pickup diaphragms aligned at a 90 degree angle in relation to one another and such that the mic is aimed at the ride cymbal and floor tom side of the kit, which I like to call the left side, and the other mic is aimed at the hi-hat side of the kit, which I like to call the right side. And now you're probably completely confused because I'm telling you, we're really trying to tr tackle a pretty complex explanation for a non-visual medium, but uh, not to worry. I will link you to a great blog post that's succinct and it's descriptive. Um, it was put together by uh, Matt McGlynn on the Shure blog. They've got some great images that show this setup along with some sound examples. I'll have this linked up in the show notes over at johnstinson.com slash tmr 044. So make sure you head over there to grab that link. But that's pretty much it for the uh, XY overhead setup. Once you get everything patched into your recording software, just pan one mic left and one mic right, and uh, there's your stereo overhead drum recording image. Okay, let's see if we can get even more confusing with another stereo 
overhead setup, this time a spaced pair. This setup, on the one hand, is a pretty straightforward way to record the drums with two overheads as you simply grab two microphones and just position them on either side of the kit. It's also the most common way to set up the drum overhead mics as um, you know, I've seen more people set up the overhead microphones as a spaced pair over the drums than any other microphone technique. One of the main reasons for this is that when it comes time for mixing, this setup is pretty versatile. If you want a drum mix that is more narrow, natural, and focused, you can just pan uh, the mics moderately left and right. But if you want something that's very wide and thus less natural sounding, as far as the drums are concerned at least, you can pan the mics hard left and right and widen the drums way out. But on the other hand, there's a few more technical things to pay attention to in order to make sure potential phase and comb filtering issues don't crop up. And because of this, it actually makes the spaced pair approach to recording overheads a bit more of a difficult technique to use properly. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't pay attention to, or at least enough attention to all the variables, and uh, they don't take enough time to make sure things are correctly dialed in. And this is exactly the kind of thing that will totally wreck your drum sound. So like before, we need to first define what side of the kit will be left and what side of the kit will be right. Again, I like audience perspective, so that means assuming we're dealing with a right-handed drummer, the ride side and the floor tom side of the kit will be on the left and the hi-hat will be on the right. If you want to go for drummer's perspective, again, it's the exact mirror image of what I'm describing. And if you're dealing with a left-handed drummer, well, good luck to you, my friend, because, you know, I'm not sure there's really anyone can help you, you know. And, and you know, didn't your mom warn you about hanging out with the wrong crowd anyway? So anyway, we're going to uh, go with audience perspective, position the mics so that one of them is over the ride cymbal floor tom side of the kit, and uh, uh, we're going to call this mic the left mic, and then position the other one so that it's over the hi-hat side of the kit. We're going to call this mic the right mic. Make sure both are at a height of about 40 to 60 inches over the kit to avoid phase issues if uh, you want to make sure um, that uh, both mics are at the same height. So... Uh, I, uh, I usually grab a spare mic cable and use it as a makeshift level to help me kind of dial this in. Um, just string the cable from one mic to the other to make sure there's not some drastic slant and that one mic is not an inch or two lower than the other. Uh, it's not an exact science. Uh, with this particular setup, you also need to pay attention a little bit more to any potential comb filtering issues. Comb filtering isn't something... I want to get into on this episode as it uh, starts to get pretty deep into the techie catacombs of recording. So let's leave that for another time and place. If you're interested in getting familiar with phase and comb filtering, I wrote a whole blog post on this a while back with pictures and sound examples called The Secret to Super Punchy and Present and Warm Recordings, which I will 
Link up in the show notes once again at johnstinson.com slash tmr044. But just know that the transient nature of drums makes it more difficult to hear the comb filtering than, say, if you were recording something like a synth or a guitar, something that had more of a sustain element to its sound. So to minimize any potential comb filtering issues, make sure the mics are spaced evenly over the drum kit. Again, using the snare drum as the center line for this, but even still, you're going to have to spend some time critically listening and making sure you reference how the mics behave in mono uh, using the mono button on your monitor control. If you don't have access to a mono button, even though I believe most audio interfaces include one these days, you can simply pan both mics to one side so that uh, you only hear sound coming out of one speaker. Listen to the mics individually and then both together to evaluate if any weirdness is cropping up. Once satisfied that things are sounding good, you can pan the mics left and right to taste. Again, it's pretty difficult to communicate a visual example of exactly what I'm describing over a podcast. So you're going to want to check out the show notes and hit that link to the blog post on the Sure website. Uh, as far as the exact distance the mics should be from one another. It's it's It all kind of depends on how wide you want your drum to sound and where you want the little nuances of each element of the kit to show up in the stereo field. Like I mentioned, I pretty much never mic the drums with stereo overheads, but on the rare occasion that I do, I, um, that I do use a spaced pair. I typically start with them spaced about 30 or so inches apart and then adjust the taste depending on the context of the situation. But, uh, you know, it's all kind of like what I'm feeling works best in the moment. Usually, I try to keep it a little bit more narrow. Uh, but the most important thing to pay attention to is that both mics are fairly equidistant from the snare drum and that you check what's happening in mono as best you can. Now, even with all these extra little steps to keep the phase and comb filtering in check, I don't recommend spending more than 15, maybe 20 minutes max on this setup. You want to keep the focus on the music and the performances and the quality of the drums and the drummer. It's, it's easy to get sucked into the tiny little tweaks like I was saying before and obsessing over whether the drums sound optimal or not. But... Avoid getting too fixated on this and thus inadvertently spending over an hour adjusting and readjusting the mics. Set them up, critically listen and evaluate, make a couple adjustments as needed, and then trust yourself that you've got this right. If it sounds good, then you're good to go. Keep the session moving forward and uh, get your music recorded. If later you feel like something is a little out of whack, just use it as a learning experience towards the next time. But always keep moving forward in your craft. Out-of-phase drums played really well on a well-performed song are still better than perfectly recorded drums played poorly on a song that's not so great. All right, I hope you found this episode that got a little more heavy on the audio engineering side of things valuable. If you want to check out more stuff on recording drums, hit up my Recording Drums 101 resource. You will find that link um, on the front page of my website as well as 
in the show notes for this episode at johnstinson.com slash tmr044. And make sure you remember there is no H in John. And as always, make sure you also get subscribed and stay subscribed using the two main methods. The first is by going to my website and signing up for my email list. I'll make sure you never miss an episode. And I'll also share plenty of other goodies with you from time to time. Or if you're more of an iTunes or podcast app kind of person, you can search for the Modern Recorders there and click or tap on the little subscribe button. While on iTunes, make sure you take just a second to leave a rating and review. Good and honest ratings and reviews clue others in on how much you're enjoying this podcast and how much they would also enjoy listening to this podcast. It also helps us make sure we continue to create great episodes that you enjoy listening to and bring on great guests that can share their knowledge and journey of their own artistic visions with you. Speaking of cluing other people in on this podcast, if you got something out of this episode and know a friend or three that would also get something out of this podcast, make sure you take a quick second to send them a link in a text message or an email or even a tweet, uh, or you can even drop out a link on, uh, on Facebook. The Modern Recordist is growing strong. It's clear that you've been sharing this podcast with all your friends the last couple of months. We've seen some aggressive growth right at the top of 2016. So let's keep up the momentum and keep building our tribe here as we're nearing the close of the first quarter of the year. Let's make sure we continue to make a big push and let as many people as possible know about the Modern Recordist so that we can make a big impact all through the rest of the year. All right, that's it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create something impactful in the world.